lucky to be speaking with John Sugg, the CEO of LegalZoom, a company that started in Los Angeles, California, and today is a global provider of legal services to small businesses and households. Our research tells us that there is no unicorn with a longer period of capital expansion than LegalZoom, and John Sugg has overseen almost all of it. So, John, I know you're a big reader. Uh, Jim Collins, in the book Good to Great, which was written right about the time that LegalZoom got started, talks about how hard it is for companies to make that leap from startup idea to serious company. Uh, so what, what's the secret? How have you taken LegalZoom so far? I don't know if there are any secrets. I would say that any startup relies on imagination and execution. Uh, the difference for most unicorns is just the dimension of scale. You imagine a problem. Solving a problem is a little bit bigger. Your solutions may be a more creative or, or further afield, uh, transformative. And then you're deploying those solutions at largely unprecedented scale. Right, right. I know that some lawyers <coughs> had issue with your solution uh, to their industry for a long time. But it seems like customers love LegalZoom. Uh, what do you think that is? Uh, there's something really unusual about LegalZoom. A lot of customers come to us in a highly emotional state. So you wouldn't think that about the law, but when you think about an entrepreneur that is investing their life savings in their first ever venture, or even an inventor thinks about their invention like a, a child, like a baby, and they're very, very protective, or in estate planning, people often are coming to us after they've lost someone that they love, right. or they might be entering potentially life-threatening surgery. Right. And so when people come to us in such an emotional state, I think it provides a unique opportunity to create a solution. And it's double-edged. I think if you do a great job, you have a customer that trusts you for life, and you've earned their loyalty. And on the flip side, they will slice and dice you if you mess up. When I think about law, one of the first things I think about is that it's really expensive. So you're talking about somebody in an emotional situation, like you just said. Are they making a choice with, to go with LegalZoom because you're cheaper? I think any company has a consumer value proposition. Right. And it's usually... Uh, something on price, something on service, something on quality. I think what's different about us is we try to exceed their standards and expectations around quality at very high service levels at a fraction of the cost. And I think while everyone can focus on either one or two or of those dimensions, um, you know, Walmart clearly, low price, high quantity, uh, it, we try and do something across all three dimensions. And at some point, I think if you can do something dramatic across all three dimensions, they call you disruptive in an industry and then become this unicorn thing, etc. But basically, you're just trying to solve a problem. Mm. Yet the problem of lawyers charging by the hour at rates that, frankly, I think a lot of people think are nuts. How did you decide how you would approach pricing? I think we simply listen to the customer. If you ask a customer, would you like to buy something on an hourly rate without a cap on the number of hours and without your ability to impact the number of hours? Most people say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not up for that. And if you have the choice between an unknown number of hours without control over the outcome um, and a highly variable cost, where the answer is always it depends, to affordable flat fees, highly predictable, they're going to go to the latter. So we priced based on what customers wanted. LegalZoom is profitable almost from jump. 
And under your tenure, my understanding is it's always been profitable. It, do you think that's the right strategy? Would you recommend that to other companies that want to be the next legal zoo? God, every business is so different. Uh, if there's something that I would take from our approach that's a little bit different than other unicorns, it's been our focus on understanding the unit economics and the business model at a very early stage. Mm. You'll often see a lot of businesses that say, let's just get, go for the land ground, get as big as quickly as possible, right. and we'll figure out the economics later. Uh, and some people have been successful with that approach. But I think the casualties of that approach are many because you're left three years, five years down the line still wondering what the real business would be. I think we were laser focused by necessity, having only raised a million dollars of primary capital, on how do we profitably acquire a customer? How do we price a solution that works for the customer and that we can deliver at the quality levels that we want at a price that is sustainable? And so by really focusing on the unit economics, and we didn't price the way we knew we could deliver at a million reps, but we did price thinking if we did this 10,000 times, what do we think the reasonable margin would be? And that's where we started our pricing. When you engaged with Simon Kutcher, how was that? Was that helpful? It was fascinating. Pricing is critical to determine the size of the market, right? It's uh, critical to understanding your different customer segments. It's critical to lifetime value, to customer acquisition economics. And Simon Kutcher is a specialist in one thing, which is pricing. So when you think about constructs of elasticity, for example, it's something you'll learn about in business school and you might test, but they might have six or seven different ways to think and test through elasticity or apply different research for a product that is yet to launch to understand what that potential demand can be. So I think it's a really important lever to have a firm that basically does everything around this one lever is fascinating for us because as we're thinking about uh, doing something unique for the legal industry, we can still learn from seven or eight different implementations in other industries. You've led LegalZoom to become a household name in the U.S., what do you see coming next? I think for LegalZoom, we do something, we plan a little bit differently, which is what's kept the business fresh. Every three years, we reinvent the business. I fire the whole C team. Uh, the next morning, you come back and you re-interview for the job. And you start by saying, based on where we are today, based on the assets, the team, the reputation, the competitive framework, the market environment, how do we create the most value over the next three years? And we create a three-year fixed plan. So we essentially reinvent zero baseline the business every create stretch goals, and then march against that for three years and start over again every three years. Mm. When you ask me what the next three-year plan will be, I have no idea because we do that. Uh, we don't really look ahead beyond this plan. So for me now, it's much more about how are we developing our talent, how are we tackling diversity and inclusion, how are we training our folks to work smarter, collaborate more efficiently, get to higher outcomes more, you know, with fewer resources. Right. How do we work together and best practice about the journey rather than on the outcome? Thanks a lot, John. We've been speaking with John's uh, CEO of LegalZoom, the man who's presided over the longest expansion of equity value of any unicorn in existence. I hope you enjoyed watching, and if you did, please check out other episodes in our series.